Let us come before God in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Loving God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will strengthen us to be devoted to the teaching of your word, that through it we may hear your voice and follow it into eternal life. Amen. The first reading, the first reading is from the New Testament, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. The second reading from the Old Testament is Psalm 23. This is a responsive reading. The words will appear on the screen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And in your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, Surely goodness, goodness and, and mercy shall, shall follow me all the, the days of my life. life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. A reading from the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 to 13. Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Quite apart from us, you have become kings. If only you had become kings so that we might be kings with you. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, as though sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to humans. We are fools for the sake of Christ, but you are sensible people in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored, but we are dishonored. To the present hour, we are hungry and thirsty. We are naked and beaten homeless, and we grow weary from the work of our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we speak kindly. We have become like the rubbish of the world, the dregs of all things to this very day. And continuing to read from God's word, as it is given in John chapter 21, verses 15 to 18. Listen for God's word to his people. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, 
feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word to us. Friends in Christ, what I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, we jump right into the middle of the story again. Our gospel reading begins, and when they had finished breakfast, which refers us, of course, back to last week's gospel lesson and the post-resurrection appearance of Jesus to his disciples on the shore of the Sea of Tiberias, when Jesus eats with them, prepares breakfast for them and eats with his disciples. At the center of that story, if you kind of forgot between last week and this, at the center of that story is this great catch of 153 large fish. Now, while we do not fully understand the significance of all that happened in that story last week, and especially the number 153, because often numbers have meaning in Scripture, right? While we don't exactly know what the significance of that number is, we do know this, that the church has long believed that this story, the last of the encounters of Jesus' disciples with Jesus in the Gospel of John, that this is the calling of the church, and that the abundance of the catch that the disciples receive is indeed a sign of the abundance of people who will come and who will follow Jesus. It is a sign of the abundance of the fellowship of the believers and of the great feast of the kingdom of God. And as we turn then to this morning's text, in this last section of John's gospel that we're going to explore in depth, we pick up on all of those themes. And if we accept this, that this is, that, that this is a call story about the sending out of the church to be about the ministry of catching people for Christ, then this exchange that happens between Jesus and Peter is a story about Peter's being sent out and the disciples to proclaim the good news of the gospel. The sending out of the disciples to feed 
Jesus' sheep. Now, from time to time, we make reference to the echoes of Scripture in Scripture, right? To those moments in which significant meaning is conveyed in the gospel message because it refers to another passage of Scripture that went before it and that we bring that meaning forward into the present text. And this morning is no exception. Indeed, this morning we have a double echo of Scripture in this passage. One of the important images you see that Jesus uses in John's gospel is the image of the shepherd. As we hear Jesus instruct Peter, feed my sheep, tend, or feed my lambs, tend my sheep, we should be aware of the importance of this image in John's gospel. Alas, we didn't get that far as we were reading through the first part of the gospel before our little Lenten detour into the book of signs. But we will circle back over the next few weeks and we will come back to John chapter 10. And John chapter 10 is that passage where Jesus makes reference to himself as the great shepherd of the sheep. And he also speaks of the fact that Jesus it takes upon himself the mantle of the good shepherd and acknowledges that there are other shepherds, bad shepherds, and that the sheep will follow the good shepherd because the sheep hear the shepherd's voice and recognize him. So being a shepherd, being called to be the shepherd of Jesus' sheep, is important. But even that doesn't tell us everything. We need to go back even further. There is another echo, if you will. For you see, Jesus draws, uh, has picked up this thread of good and bad shepherds from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Since olden times, the image of the shepherd has been used by the children of God to describe the kings of the kingdom of Israel. And in Ezekiel chapter 34, the prophet chastens the shepherds, the kings, who have not fulfilled their task of protecting the flock and gathering them in, but rather through the exile have allowed God's flock to be scattered across the face of the earth. And when Ezekiel prof and then Ezekiel prophesies that there will come one who will be the good shepherd, who will gather the flock once more and care for them. In that moment, Ezekiel uh, presents to us the image of the, of the coming of the Messiah. So from Ezekiel to Jesus' self-definition in John chapter 10. From John chapter 10 to this morning's instruction to Peter to feed my sheep. The image of the shepherd can be traced through the tapestry of the gospel story. Jesus, threefold questioning and threefold instruction to Peter is his ensuring that Peter is committed. If Peter is ready to become 
the shepherd of the sheep. And that is our question, too. Jesus' threefold question to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Is a reminder to us that our Christian faith calls us out of this world and away from all of those things that give us worldly worth and pleasure and calls us into a sacrificial ministry to care for the lost and the least of the world. To, be, to care for the sheep and to be the shepherd of Jesus' flock. We live in tumultuous times. Concern over inflation and where our goods are made. Rising profits and corporate greed. And the debate, or at least the debate we should be having, over the importance of, access, of, of housing accessibility and whether housing should ever be a not-for-profit, should be a for-profit enterprise. Increasingly, there are levels of isolation in young people and the, and the oncoming question of how will AI affect affect jobs and industry in the years to come. And those are just the few that I could think of as I wrote this sermon. There are more. For us today, as it has been for the church throughout the centuries, we are called to walk the Jesus way, to touch people at the point of their deepest need and to assure them that they are not alone. But that God in great love and great mercy watches over them and seeks to draw them into relationship with God and with God's church. As one congregation, we can't do it all. But we can do something. For somewhere in the vicinity of the past 20 years, the Presbyterian Church in Canada has been hosting a conference called Stewards by Design under the leadership of Dr. Kenan Callahan. And one of the tasks that Callahan has set out before countless congregations of our denomination is this. For them to find their one true mission. The one thing that takes the gifts, skills, talents, and abilities of a congregation and harnesses them to address one great need. Callahan acknowledges that not every congregation is going to be able to find that one true mission. But for those that do, it can be life-changing. Life-changing to those who receive the ministry. And life-changing to a congregation that has once more renewed its sense of call and purpose in the world. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Feed my sheep. Let us commit ourselves to that one great mission, the mission 
of declaring the good news of Jesus Christ to the world, knowing that as we do, we will change the world and we will walk the Jesus way. Thanks be to God. Amen. Jesus calls us to feed his lambs and to tend his sheep. Let us show and share his love through the offering of our lives as we present our tithes and thanksgivings. Let us pray. Worthy are you, O God, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Receive these gifts of thanksgiving and praise and use them for your glory and the good of your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lamb we pray. Amen.
As we come this morning in prayer, the prayers of intercession have a line of response. When you hear the words, Lord, in your mercy, you are invited to respond with the words, graciously hear us. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, who moves within and among us, around us and ahead, we thank you for the fellowship we have in you. You are the bond that holds us together, who breathes life into our community, that perfect unity of love that is one God, one Father, Son, and Spirit. Inspire us, we humbly pray, that in the life that we share together as a community of faith, as the church, people may know themselves loved as Jesus loves. Lord, in your mercy, graciously hear us. May we be communities of reconciliation, seeking restorative justice, building bridges, making connections, and reaching out to others to the glory of your holy name. Especially we pray for people who live in challenging places, in countries recovering from earthquake, in places where there is war, in situations where people have been hurt by the actions of others and where relationships are fractured. God of peace, may the love with which the good shepherd tends all the flock restore the image of God in us all. Lord, in your mercy, graciously hear us. Gracious God, after whom every family on earth and heaven takes its name, we thank you for deep relationships, for opportunities to give and receive, to listen and hear what another is saying, to serve one another and celebrate every kindness. In moments of silence, we bring to you now our thoughts and prayers for those whom we, like the disciples, bring to Jesus today, that he might tend them. Lord, in your mercy, graciously hear us. On this, the Sunday before the coronation of King Charles III, we pray for his majesty the king and for Camilla, queen consort. May your spirit be with them as they are affirmed in their responsibilities. Grant them joy, and may many be encouraged by their interest and concern. We pray for all whose office and responsibilities affect the lives of many, for those who represent their country's interests, that in all they do, they may be mindful of the well-being of every child of God. Lord, in your mercy, graciously hear us. Jesus, crucified, risen, and ascended Lord, you intercede for us before the throne of God's grace. Thanks be to you. Holy Spirit, helper, 
who helps us to pray in sounds too deep for words. Thanks be to you. Creator of life, you call us to life anew. Thanks be to you. These prayers we offer to the one in whom we live and move and have our being, to whom be all glory and praise now and forevermore. Hear us as we continue to pray in the manner that Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs> 